Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Let's go. Let's go. Brought to you by P4P Muscle Productions and Entertainment. The number one drug-free athlete sponsorship foundation in the world. Now, I want you to grab a friend, turn the volume up a bit, lean in, and listen to the show where all the athletes want to talk. Fit Talk with Melinda Corsino. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Fit Talk with Melinda. As always, the show is brought to you by P4P Muscle, the number one drug-free sponsorship in the world. If you're interested in learning more about them and the drug-free lifestyle, check them out at www.p4pmuscle.com. Dot com. Tonight we have on Michael Wilkie. He has been on a bunch of times before, but we are bringing him back to talk about a whole other subject. We're not talking about holiday eating. We're not talking about getting stage ready and competing. We're talking about something completely different, and that is pregnancy, diet, nutrition, and workout advice. Why, may you ask, are we talking about pregnancy? Well, I happen to be pregnant and just entered the third trimester. So I figured that there's other expecting mamas or people out there that would like to start families in the future that might have competed at one time, might have not, and might just want to get some advice on how to be healthy and continue to work out during pregnancy. Because, yes, you can work out when you're pregnant. If I get that question one more time, I might lose my mind. So. I'm going to let Michael introduce himself. Again, he's been on the show before. I know many people listening and probably know who he is, but he is a personal trainer, has been that since 2000, and I'm going to let him go through a little bit about him, and then we're going to jump right into the topic. So welcome, Michael, again, and thank you for being on tonight. Appreciate you having me, Melinda. Always great to be on. Uh, Yes, uh, Michael Wilkie. I own Aspire Health and Fitness. Uh, Last January 1st, just last week, I started my 20th year of owning my own practice, I've worked with various types of clients uh, from weight loss to contest prep to performance athlete. Uh, my wheelhouse really is that person who is looking to lose 20 pounds or more, not necessarily an athlete, but, you know, wanting to learn some new habits to uh, not only lose weight, but more importantly, to keep it off. And I have worked with many uh, pregnant women uh, over the last 20 years and uh, definitely learned a lot of great things, have a lot of great support system around me to uh, continue to expand my base of knowledge and uh, I'm hoping that we can uh, provide some great information for some of those uh, soon-to-be mamas or expecting mamas now. Awesome. Well, thank you for being with us and let's just kick it off with the first part of how I titled this show, which would be diet and nutrition. So Mm -hmm. I would say the most common thing that I have heard since I have gotten pregnant was oh, you're eating for two, or oh, you should be (laughs) eating more, or oh, are you eating enough? And my response is, oh, is eating healthy meals every three hours not the right way to go about eating during pregnancy? What should I be eating? Because everyone feels like they have an opinion. 
And I realize that most people are not coming from a negative place. They're just making conversation. But it can be frustrating. So let's have someone that is actually into this and has degrees in this. Let's have Michael answer that question about diet around the, the different trimesters and what you, how much you should be increasing your calories, the types of food you should be eating, et cetera. So I know you could probably talk on this forever, but it's kind of an open-ended question. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, I, I get that. I get that all the time, you know, as far as the whole eating for two um, misconception. I actually have a uh, client right now who uh, who has somebody she knows who is uh, pregnant, um, is expecting soon, and has, has just put on an extreme amount of weight. Not anybody that I work with, uh, this, this woman who's pregnant specifically, but uh, just hearing stories. And, and her mindset is certainly that, you know, I'm eating for two. Um, I, th- I think, in, you know, in just speaking for myself and the experiences that I've had, um, I, think, I think two things happen in that situation where, one, it's really these expectant mothers really do believe that eating so many more calories really is what you're supposed to be doing, right? I mean, it's, it's you know, there's a whole other person growing inside of me. I want to make sure that I'm providing enough nutrients and, and so on and so forth so that so that the, the, the baby is healthy. And I think there's a lot of other people who might be using it as just an excuse to eat more, you know, and who doesn't like to eat a lot of food, but unfortunately is one of those things where we can get ourselves out of control um, because we are overdoing it. And we, we develop, you know, a, um, an unhealthy mindset of, well, I'm just going to enjoy myself now, or I'm just going to eat what I want. And then after I give birth, I'll really work hard to lose the weight. And it really, there's a lot more to it than that you have to be mindful of in terms from a health standpoint and the, the um, just health in general, gestational diabetes becomes a concern. Obviously, that's not something that any woman wants to, to contend with. Um, um, difficulty during the, the, the birth itself and then, and then actually being able to get back in shape after the fact. And so really the, the, the ideal wheelhouse where a an expectant mother should be in terms of actual um, consumption of calories above what they normally had been taking and going into the pregnancy is really about 250 to 300 calories on top of what they've been doing. And, you know, really when you break that down, you know, it's like a slice of bread with a, some soft cheese and a glass of milk. You know, it really isn't a whole heck of a lot. And I know some women might be shocked by that or, and, and others might say, yeah, that sounds about right. But there it is, is just kind of figuring out where you're at, what your situation is. And, and before I say anything else, the most important thing that any pregnant woman can do, whether it's related to the diet, whether it's related to the exercise, is definitely talk to your doctor. You know, definitely make sure that you have an open line of communication there and that, you know, your doctor knows everything that's going on that, you know, because it's like anything else. We're all different. We all have different, you know, things going on, different variables that we have to take into consideration. So definitely make sure that you have that open line with, uh, with your doctor going through your pregnancy. So, so yeah, about, yeah. you know, the whole eating for two, it really comes, comes down to about that 250 to 300 extra calories, give or take. Yeah. And there's, um, like you said, a lot of different situations. I have friends that were, let's say, a, not underweight, but very tiny and they needed to gain a little bit more weight during their pregnancy. And then I have other sure. friends that were a little bit heavier. So what happened with them is they used pregnancy to actually be an opportunity to get into shape. So they may have only gained 15 yes. pounds during their pregnancy, but in reality they, they lost 
a little bit of weight. So it's, yes, you know, it depends on the situation. And it was funny because I was talking to my friend who works in, um, she does, I believe, high-risk ultrasounds. And mm-hmm. I had posted something on Facebook about something diet-related that someone said to me. And she said, Melinda, in my 20 years or 15 to 20 years of doing this, no one has ever sent a woman to me for a high-risk ultrasound because they were working out and eating too healthy during their pregnancy. Normally people come in to me because they have, they end up getting gestational diabetes because they're eating too much. So it's, yeah, keeping it open. And some people, again, like you said, they just don't know. And I'm not claiming to be an expert because clearly I am pregnant for the first time, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, um, you know, I have done some research and, and looked into making sure that I'm doing things the most most healthy way as possible. And one of the other things I wanted to touch on with you is, you know, what you're actually eating. Um, sure. You know, I hear a lot from people, you know, well, if you have that donut or have that. And, and, my, and like I said, my response is, I'm well. Well, you eat. You do you just drink protein shakes? Like, when have you seen me even drink a protein shake? I usually drink it on my way to work in my car. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the assumption that what I eat and how I eat, which I still eat many of the food, the same foods I do from when I was in bodybuilding, that somehow that's too healthy and I'm not eating enough. So what are some, you know, food choices that you recommend for different clients that have been pregnant? Yeah, no, I, you know, again, it's a lot of it, you know, we're going to have our natural, you know, sensitivities and things that we're going to watch out for anyway. Um, some of the, the more common ones as far as things that we want to stay away from is, is some of those fishes out there, the, some of the fish, excuse me, that, that are higher in mercury, you know, things like swordfish and even tuna. Um, you know, obviously anything that's undercooked or raw, you know, if you're one who does, you know, a lot of sushi and those types of things, you're going to want to definitely be mindful. Um, uh, processed meats. Are, are obviously something, that, and a lot of this too, well, not a lot of this as far as what I've said, because, you know, sushi is obviously fine for the most part, but, you know, processed meat, you don't have to be pregnant, you know, to, to you, for, for it to be a situation where you really shouldn't be eating that, you know, obviously things like that in moderation, um, you know, raw eggs, um, a lot of eggs in general, or, you know, organ meat, you know, things like, um, you know, liver and those types of things you'll want to be mindful of. Um, another big one actually is being very mindful of things like caffeine and, um, you know, and, and not going over the top with that soft drinks, you know, and, and, and so on and so forth. Again, a lot of this stuff, you know, you don't have to be pregnant to really have to watch out for, um, sprouts, um, unwashed produce. Um, another big one too, is the, um, unpasteurized milk, you know, cheese and fruit Mm -hmm. juice, those types of things. A lot of dairy concerns, uh, you want to be mindful of. A lot of that just, you know, it comes down to, you know, the, the whole process that, you know, these foods are, are going through to, to get to the table or into your uh, Tupperware, whatever the case might be. You know, there, there's just obviously other concerns short of being contest ready or, you know, being a ship. Again, it's another human being that's going inside of you, and you have to be very mindful about that, and which leads me to the, uh, the final two, which, again, shouldn't even have to be mentioned, but I will, is obviously – um, alcohol and uh, processed foods, you know, those types of things. Um, you know, it, it, it just, it's just, it's not a good situation when you're eating things that you wouldn't eat normally 
to be in shape. And I, I know what happens for a lot of women is the cravings kick in. You know, you hear those cravings like a, I'm having craving for um, pickles and peanut butter, you know, type situation, you know. <laughs> You, yeah. you definitely, you know, obviously every woman's going to be different with that, but those are kind of just your basic list of food items that you want to be mindful of. As far as, you know, things to consider, um, you know, to, to stay ahead of the health game while you're pregnant, you know, paying attention to your calcium intake, paying attention to iron intake, you know, vitamins A, C, you know, folic acid, fiber, omega-3 fatty acids. And all of those serve a purpose. Now, you'll see some research, excuse me, you'll see some research that says, you know, watch out for your vitamins, your A and C, you know, too much can actually, you know, do harm. But, you know, uh, with vitamin A, it really helps with the baby cells. It can help with developing vision, vitamin C for the immune system. Folic acid is obviously great for organ and nerve development. You know, um, you find things like that in your breakfast cereals, um, you know, some vegetables, asparagus, spinach, Brussels sprouts, Brussels sprouts, excuse me. Um, fiber, obviously, uh, for the prevention of uh, constipation and hemorrhoids. Um, you want to watch out, or excuse me, having, excuse me, omega-3 fatty acids, you know, for brain and eye development is, is, is wonderful. And, and I think you said it earlier, you know, when you talked about your friend and being the, um, and the ultrasound and everything like that, nobody has ever come in to see somebody, you know, in a high risk, you know, for a high risk ultrasound because they were eating too healthfully. You know, so, you know, being mindful of your portion controls and what it is that you're eating, you know, you can definitely stay ahead of the gestational diabetes. And again, to be clear with the gestational diabetes, it's it's just a temporary form of diabetes. You know, obviously, like regular diabetes, you know, you don't produce enough insulin to balance out or regulate blood sugar levels. Um, You know, a lot of signs to look for there. You know, things like sugar in the urine, unusual thirst, frequent urination, um, what else, fatigue, um, blurred vision or nausea, you know, those types of things are all great um, indicators that, you know, you, you might want to, you know, be mindful of. And all that said is that's something that you're going to be tested for anyway. So it's not mm-hmm. even like you, have, you would have to watch out for those symptoms and say, oh, my gosh, I should get tested. You're getting tested no matter what. You know, I'm sure you did in right. your first trimester as well. No, I'm actually getting tested next week. So oh, okay. they are they are testing me later, and to, to be clear, there's some women that get that are in this category that end up getting gestational diabetes that are perfectly healthy during their pregnancy. I mean, sometimes things just happen, but mm-hmm. a lot of Absolutely, times it yeah. can be caused. So I, I don't want people to misconstrue that I'm saying that oh, people that eat a lot of junk food are going to get gestational. That's not true. I I have a a woman that. I work with that I know had gestational diabetes and she was perfectly healthy. So it's yeah, I have a client, kind I have of a, a regular male sometimes. client who's five. Yeah, exactly. I have a client who's five foot nine and three hundred pounds. A guy and he does not have diabetes. You know, right? So it's yeah. it's it's not a given that that's going to happen. Like you just said, if you're eating garbage right. or you're not taking care of yourself, but it definitely you put yourself more at risk and and your baby as well. So right, exactly, exactly. Let's get into some workout stuff, which I've I've found also funny. And again, there's a different, there's a difference in, first of all, generational things and what people years ago were being told to what people are being told now. So I understand that. Uh, There's also people that uh, I think harness some sort of small jealousies when they see a pregnant woman that is keeping herself in shape because maybe Mm -hmm. they didn't or they wish they did. And that can be very frustrating and there's some people Absolutely. that just don't know and might have a false 
again, unless you educate yourself on it, you just might not know and you have a certain opinion in your head of what you think is right and wrong. So Mm -hmm. definitely touching base on, you know, working out during pregnancy, which you shouldn't, shouldn't be doing based on what you were doing before you were pregnant. And yeah, and I'll add in as you go, because I'm sure I'll have stuff to say. Yeah, no, absolutely. (laughs) And, and obviously you have a million followers and, you know, I know a lot of people know how you train in the past you know, when you and I were working together, you're, you know, and you're doing your cross or your powerlifting, your, the Spartan, all these kind of things, you know, the people need to understand that where you still are working out, you're not training like you did back then, you know, and that, that's the thing, but you still are working out and, you know, you're making the necessary modifications to be healthy. I think it's important for, I have one woman right now and she's an awesome, awesome lady. Um, she's uh, fixing to have her second child, but she had, has this irrational fear and this this is an honest to goodness fear of hers that if she were to work out the baby's going to pop out right on the floor like it's an <laughs> honest to goodness fear of hers like she thinks that that's actually going to happen and i can tell you in 20 years that's never happened on my watch and i have never heard <laughs> of that happening you know before and as a matter of fact um you know the whole working you, you know there's so many studies out there that say Working out is one of the best things that you can do in preparation for childbirth. You know, um, one of the big, I don't know if you uh, dealt with it, Melinda, but uh, morning sickness and nausea, those types of things, mm-hmm. you know, exercise yeah. is great for, for combating that. Um, obviously, it can help you regulate any, any type of weight gain. And, and on that note, too, um, th- there's big questions about, well, how, what's a healthy amount of weight to gain? And again, it's going to be different for everybody, but really kind of that that wheelhouse is in that 20 to 30 pounds. You know, I've had clients who they're just built, you know, small, they have small frame where they've only gained 15 pounds. I had one woman hire me, gosh, probably 15 years ago. And she came into me already having gained 90 pounds. I mean, she gained a whole other person and oh, wow. it, was just, it was absolutely amazing. So yeah, really in that 20 to 30 pound range is, is considered, you know, healthy for the most part. Um, but again, helping to regulate weight gain, um, exercise can do really in that if you're one who hasn't really been working out, but because you've become pregnant, you really want to focus in on health, you know, in that first trimester and obviously even throughout, but when you're really, you know, getting into that rhythm of the first trimester, really low pack, low impact exercise is, is a great way to go. You know, I've, I've, I know of, of, of clients who have gone from, who have been runners, and jogging, that will switch it out to swimming. Uh, not to say that you still can't jog, because I've had other clients who have run a 5K, you know, in their third trimester. Obviously, not everybody's going to be able to do that, and that's where it goes back to, you know, situational awareness and knowing what you can or can't do. But understanding that that type of thing is okay. You know, Pilates is great for balance. And the big thing, and I don't know if you've suffered with this, Melinda, but lower back pain, you know, yoga is great for overall body strength and development. And uh, the other great thing about yoga, too, as far as implementing his exercise, it really helps in developing a strong breathing pattern, you know, during the childbirth process. Um, the other benefit with the, with the yoga is that when, when a woman becomes pregnant, they, uh, the body produces a hormone, and uh, forgive the pronunciation, relaxin or relaxin um, during pregnancy. And what that does is it, it basically softens the joints and softens the bones and the, uh, the ligaments and everything. And what the, the reason for that is to make the birthing process easier 
but it's super important to make sure that you're stretching after exercise because that really helps to keep everything nice and elastic. It ensures that the, the ligaments and the joints and, and obviously the muscles themselves aren't becoming too weak, um, you know, for delivery. Uh, working on your, your uh, pelvic floor exercises, um, I'm not sure if I have to get into too much detail of what that is. I'm sure a lot of you women already know. But, again, super important uh, to help specifically uh, more so for after pregnancy, you know, after the pregnancy and not having concerns with, uh, with, with the obvious in terms of urination and those types of things. Um, abdominal work during the first trimester is okay, you know, doing like a stability ball or elbow planks, knee tucks, you know, using sliders, um, dead bugs, those types of things. But really, once you get into that second trimester and beyond, you want to be mindful about those types of movements. You want to really, you know, watch out for crunches, you know, any type of side abdominal movements, anything that's front loaded, you know, where the belly hangs down in front. So at that point, you'd really want to watch out for planks and push-ups and those types of things. Yeah, and uh, to touch on the morning sickness first, uh, I had yes. really shitty morning sickness. I didn't throw up, but I had really shitty morning sickness for about a month, a month and a half in the first trimester. And the only time I didn't feel nauseous throughout the day was when I was working out. Uh, mm-hmm. So obviously I couldn't work out all day, but it sure. was the only time during the day that I didn't feel sick. Uh, once that passed, mm-hmm. what I've been doing is I, I power lifted. I actually competed at uh, USAPL regionals five weeks pregnant. That was a choice. I had just found out mm-hmm. I was pregnant about a week and a half to two weeks before, so maybe six weeks. Um, I had sure. just found out I was pregnant. So I did compete. Uh, so I did max out all my lifts. And then after that, I continued powerlifting, but at an extreme lighter weight. So I'm talking like 50% of my weight. Sure. Um, and then eventually I stopped that after probably another couple months. I put powerlifting to the side completely, and what I've been doing mm-hmm. is CrossFit. Um, I mm-hmm. RX things as long as I could, and then when mm-hmm. things started becoming uncomfortable or like burpees where you're slamming your front portion of your body on the ground, um, yes, different things such as that, toe-to-bars where you're bending your body in half essentially, uh, mm-hmm. become difficult and, and not really safe you know, because I have to jump to the bar, et cetera. People that know CrossFit know what I'm talking about. It, uh, yep. So I don't do toe to bars. I do shoulder taps where I put myself in a plank position and I tap my shoulders or, and I do double the mm-hmm. amount. And then when it comes to uh, things like burpees, I do up downs where my, my front part of my body isn't touching the ground at all. So there's, there's yep. ways to scale things in, in the whole point of pregnancy. I'm not trying to put on muscle. I'm not trying to, get stage lean. I'm not trying to do anything other than prevent myself from gaining additional weight that's not really necessary, as well as make it easier to bounce back after. Because um, there's, a, there's a good period of time where I won't be able to work out at all. So uh, that's kind of my goal with it. But again, I am working out dramatically less, not less time-wise, but less volume, less intensity, than I was yes. before I was pregnant. So I might be Absolutely. having the appearance that I'm doing the same things, but, but I'm not really doing the same things. And I only do CrossFit maybe two, three times a week with a scaled version of the workout, and then I might just go to Best Fitness and get on the elliptical and do some cardio that way. So 
It's Absolutely. And, it's, it's, and what this all comes down to, what you've been saying, is, is it's all about modification. It's important to understand that you, you can continue doing a lot of what you've been doing. You're just going to have to make modifications. The, there are going to be some movements that you just can't do, but just about any movement out there, whether it's in CrossFit, whether it's powerless, whether it's, it's just straight-up strength training, you can pretty much modify it to something that's going to be safer for what your situation is. Um, I'm, always, I'm always humored when a uh, client comes in, she's pregnant, she just got done seeing her doctor. I'm going to be very clear. I'm not contradicting what I said earlier, but it's just be, it's, it's, it's about being mindful and hiring a professional who knows what they're doing to, to help you during this process. If I hear it all the time is, you know, a, a doctor might say, you know, to, to a woman who there's there. And again, I want to clarify is there's no medical concerns. There's no complications. There's no issues, anything like that. You know, they'll, they, but they'll still say, you know, don't lift more than 20 pounds. And that is such a relative term. Again, we're not going out setting records, but what I did with a young lady who came in, I put her on one of our machines here in my facility and I put it on 20 pounds and had her do the movement and, and she did it. And it was, she's like, well, there's nothing on there. I said, well, exactly. And that's the point. I'm now are we doing 50 pounds? No, but maybe we could do 30 pounds or maybe we could do 40 pounds. You know, the, the point of ultimately what the doctor is trying to say is don't lift, you know, heavy or don't lift extreme you know, lows or do extreme tight movements, everything that you just said, Melinda, about making those, those necessary modifications. One, one thing, if I may, to touch on as far as kind of getting going back to that, because it's another kind of one of those controversial topics about, you know, what is the appropriate amount of weight gain? I actually had done a little research on this, and I found it interesting in terms of, you know, for that average weight gain of being in that, that 20 to 30 pound range. Um, I actually found um, a, a source uh, talking about the actual um, uh, how the weight is actually uh, distributed in terms of any increase in weight that a woman gains during pregnancy. So if you'll indulge me, roughly about, and again, this is just, this is very relative. It's very average. It's not going to be the case for everybody, but uh, about three pounds go to any type of breast changes, uh, four pounds to uh, additional blood volume. Um, and this is on the mother's side, obviously. Uh, body fluids, you know, just general body fluids, two and a half pounds, and then uh, body stores anywhere from about four to eight pounds. And then on the baby side, obviously the placenta being about a pound, the baby's weight, the baby itself, about seven and a half pounds or so, amniotic fluid, uh, about two pounds, and then the uterus itself, or the womb, about two and a half pounds. And, and there's where your 22 to, or 20 to 30 pounds or so comes in. And so I, I just thought that was pretty interesting to kind of see, you know, because a lot of people, well, where is it going? You know, or, or am I gaining fat or, you know, all these kind of, no, it's, you know, the, the weight in and of itself is not, oh, I'm just getting fatter. There's a lot of other things that are going on there that I think it's important. Just for those who may live and die by what the scale says, you know, having mm -hmm. that understanding and realizing that it's not just fat that you're gaining or you're, the scale's going up because you're getting fatter. No, it's just the baby has needs. The, your body has needs. You know, that, that, that's what's happening there. Unless, again, you're just eating like a son of a gun, then, then you know, additional, you know, body stores goes from four to eight pounds to maybe, you know, you know 20 to 30 pounds. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. And, yeah, the assumption that, well, the baby is only going to weigh probably a max of, you know, six to eight pounds. So how come I'm gaining so much, you know, but like, if you exactly. don't do the research on it, because it is frustrating. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't always know it, it, I'm new to this. So yeah, I yeah. definitely, same thing as G I definitely 
did some research regarding where, you know, where the weight was coming from. Because, again, I'm a relatively mm-hmm. small person. So, and and is working with you. You know how driven I am by the scale at times. Um, <laughs> you know, it can be frustrating to see yeah, the scale yeah. going up. And for someone that, it, I mean, for some people listening in, they might go, this is crazy talk. Who cares? You're having a baby. It doesn't matter. And I People love that do. mindset. And that's great. People that's do. fantastic. <laughs> I don't have that mindset. And I've been in a very yes. different mindset. So for me, it's hard to look at the scale and see it going up, even though I know there's a, re- a very valid reason why it's happening. That doesn't mean I'm trying yeah. to prevent it from going up. Not at all. That's unhealthy. But I am trying to keep an eye on things and understand why things yeah, are happening absolutely. and what's happening and to keep myself if possible. I mean, I have friends that have gained 60 pounds during pregnancy and they, sure. it, as far as I know, have Christmas Abbott's one of them. I'm not friends with her. I wish I was, but she gained 60 pounds during her pregnancy. And as far as I know, was eating pretty healthy and working out um, all the time. Mm-hmm. It Sometimes things just happen. Um, again, I wasn't sitting there with her, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, exactly what was going yeah. on there, and was she, I mean, she still looks fantastic, and uh, I mean, she's uh, someone that's very fitness oriented and was 120 pounds before she got pregnant. So, and that's just it. It's just so important to remember that exactly every situation is going to be different. So, you know, somebody just jumps on the internet, and they're you know, or 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 you know, I don't know which is worse is jump just jumping on the internet and just taking the first thing that you see, you know, as gospel or talking to somebody who, who, you know, just had a child or their children are 20 years old and, oh, it's this and this and this. No, it's not. It's, it's like anything else. It's going to be, it's going to be different for everybody. And it's just, you have to keep perspective and you have to surround yourself with people that you trust, get the best information that you can so that you can enjoy. <laughs> I know that's kind of easier for me to say, but enjoy the pregnancy as much as, as humanly possible. And I know we only have a, a minute left or so, but I, I just wanted to touch on one other, um, one other important yep. topic, if I may. And that is a very common occurrence. Well, it's an occurrence for everybody, but it's a very common topic of discussion during uh, pregnancy. And that's the, uh, the uh, situation of diastasis recti, where the separation of the abdominal muscles, you know, down the middle, yep. you know, uh, specifically after that first trimester. And the, the best way to check to see if you're going through that, um, besides obviously seeing your doctor, is to, you know, lie on your back and raising your head and shoulder off the ground like you were doing a crunch. Don't actually do a crunch. But all you're trying to do is while on your back, you're trying to be able to see your, your abdominals. And what you can do is if you were to take your two fingers, your index and your middle finger, and instead of making a peace sign with them, put them together and then place your two fingers in between your ab muscles going up the middle. And if, if your two fingers can fit in that gap, then you know you have diastasis recti going on. And that, that's, you know, at that point, that's a good indication of, you know, okay, it's time to get away from crunches, you know, any type of side abdominal, you know, those movements, of, as I said, the front-loaded movements where, you know, your, your belly is hanging down in front, such as the planks and the push-ups. Again, for, for, for a lot of women, not all women, but again, that, that's certainly things that you want to be mindful of. And obviously, you know, your doctor will, will inform you more on that as well. And what happens post, let's say you are going through that, and now you're in the post stages of pregnancy. What are some... Yeah, and so mean, what's going to happen, yeah, the natural yeah. process there is that mu- those muscles will, will, for lack of a better term, you know, not very scientific here, but reattach. 
And, and so what I've, what I've seen women do in the past is uh, one of the best ways to do is you may even sit on a stability ball, like sit on a stability ball, not as if you were going to actually do a stability ball crunch. And then maybe even put your back to a wall while you're on the stability ball. But actually taking a fairly large uh, shower towel, bath towel, if you will, and you wrap that around and kind of like you're, you're tying a bow or something like that. So what you're doing is you wrap that around your back, bring it around the front, and then cross the two ends of the towel together. And what does that do? It brings the abdominals together, and you can do some very light, you know, crunch-type movements. Again, not as if you're doing the normal – almost kind of liken it to the, the, the Kegel movements. Oh, and make sure you're doing your Kegel exercises. But, um, you know, those types of things that will help just naturally bring those, those muscles back together. Um, and, and, again, as far as the amount of time that it takes for that to occur – like anything, is different for everybody. Got it. Well, yeah, and I have no idea if that's something that I have or or don't have. So now I'm going to do my mm-hmm. little check. But uh, I've, I've heard no, women I say they actually. I've and I've seen it too, where they've actually. It's almost like somebody drew a uh, with a pen a line going down uh, the, the 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 their 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 belly, you know, from the the bottom yeah. of the the chest there all the way down to the navel. It's almost like there's a line that's been drawn by a pen. I've heard that from a lot of different women over the years. They said that's happened. That's another good indication. I I understand. Yeah. And I don't, I actually don't believe I have that going on yet, which I'm surprised. Mm -hmm. Uh, But hey, you never know, but no, thank you. You probably still have a six pack right now. (laughs) I have my side abs. I wouldn't call them (laughs) obliques anymore because I wouldn't classify them as complete obliques, but uh, it was funny. You know how many women hate you, right? (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm also, I mean, for women (laughs) listening in, so I started, so to give an idea, and before we wrap this up, when I was at my stage weight, I was like 109, right? Okay, or 107 to 109 at Bikini, and then I was like probably 110 to 113-ish, 114-ish, still stage stuff with more like figure as I filled out a little more, and then post that, I went to like 117 to 119 on purpose, and then I started getting into powerlifting and to become competitive in my powerlifting class, which was 125 and under. I purposefully gained weight to get myself more competitive in that arena. Um, So I started pregnancy at 124 pounds, um, Mm -hmm. coming right off of a powerlifting competition. And right now, the last time I got on the scale, which was probably four or five days ago, um, and I probably won't get on again until a doctor's appointment because I don't want to, but I was 143 pounds. I am in my third trimester. I just entered my third trimester. So for people out there that, that have seen pictures of me on Facebook and go, oh, my God, she still has some side abs, and oh, she's small, I would say and and it's my first child so I would say that I am carrying smaller right now at this time but I have gained 19 to 20 pounds so far to give you an Mm -hmm. idea and now I'm I'm just hitting my third trimester now and I have eaten extremely healthy yes I ate cheat meals yes I enjoyed myself over the holidays but I have eaten very healthy and I work out I still work out five to six days a week so I have gained a good amount of weight so don't, you know, yeah, you're, you you're right where you need to be. You and... a picture. Yeah. yeah. Can't judge everything by a picture. And, um, you know, just because I'm, I'm fit, it, you know, oh, you probably only gained like 10 pounds. No, I haven't. 
and it's a lot more than people would think by just looking at a picture. So sure. there you go. There we have it. Awesome. I appreciate you popping on tonight. I'm sure we could end up talking for another half an hour on this, but you know, we do keep them to 30 minutes, but, uh, try yeah, to absolutely last things you want to close up with or say before we get off tonight. No, I appreciate you having me on as always. It's always uh great to, to talk to you. And uh, I hope uh, that, uh, your listeners out there, uh, if they even only found one piece of information that was useful, uh, then I've done my job and, uh, glad I could be of service. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And we'll catch up later. And for everyone listening in, I have no idea what my next show is going to be because Michael and I did this very early. I just, I usually do a show closer to the end of the month. We did this uh, pretty early. So next show will probably be late February. Stay tuned. I'm not sure what it's going to be yet. And Michael, thank you. And everyone have an excellent night. All right. Thanks, Melinda. See ya. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.